0: Since he's had so much success with the Black Panther now, right, maybe Chadwick Bozeman can replace Ben Affleck and just be Batman. He's already played all the black people, so now maybe he needs to start playing white people too. Show his full right Because actually when you've played every black person, if you really want to show your range, you have to. You have to play some white people now. So exactly. So like I've played James Brown, Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, and, and now T'Challa. So now, Chadwick Bozeman is White Batman. Because I think we might have to change the name and call it White Batman. Ooh. ooh I like that. I like that. Or, or Blanco Man. Blanco Man. Blanco Man. Chadwick Bozeman is Blanco, Blanco man. man. The Macho Mission. Two men, one podcast. Every, every black, black film man. ever made. Catch us every week on iGlomerate.com Before we start the show, this is Len the Bat-Tribble on behalf of J.D. Gutter Talk, The Black Tribbles, Colt Pop Go. We like to uh, pay honor to the passing of Steve Ditko, one of the true giants of the comic book business, Um, a man upon whose shoulders, along with Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, marvel comics as we know it was created one half of the creating team alongside stan lee behind easily the third most popular superhero of all time be it spider-man he literally wrote the visual language for peter parker and for spider-man creating a template that is still used today by all of the artists that have followed in his wake over 40 years ago and then for Charlton Comics and now with DC he also played a part in the creation of The Question as well as uh, Mr. A Blue Beetle Doctor Strange for Marvel Steve Ditko was a man of mystery, a man of few words and even fewer interviews or photos. Yet, with that enigma wrapped around him, he was still a legend, a definite legend, and one whose passing will be felt for a long time. Our prayers go out to all of those in his family and we wish him nothing but safe journeys and all those panels on high. Peace.
1: What's up to our sidekicks and men out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening
0: to Gun Tone?
1: I am Johnny Destructo.
0: And I am the bat
1: Yeah. We're here to talk at your faces about things that we have yet to determine. Um,
0: that are happening t- at the Hero Complex.
1: I will tell you, yeah, we're at uh, JD's Hero Complex, uh, not 4456 Main Street because we moved. It's 4327 Main Street. We're two blocks down, and the store is like three times bigger, and it's great, and you should come visit me, just like... Anthony D., who came to visit, he walked in and he goes, hey, J.D., you sound just like you do on the podcast. That was like his hello to me, basically. I said, hey, man, how's it going? He goes, oh, you sound just like you do on the podcast. And I went, oh. And I didn't know what to respond to that immediately. Uh, So I was kind of dumbstruck. And uh, just the fact that people listen to us Mm -hmm. still surprises me. Yeah, man. Just the fact that there's like more than just mom out there, like Mama Destructo out there listening. Right. Um, she probably doesn't even listen. But, yeah, no. it was really nice. He came in, and he uh, had very nice things to say, and he backed me up on the other show because... Uh, oh, spoiler always, alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. They, tell, they tease me that I'm the teenage girl of the show because I enjoy female perspectives <laughs> uh so and you know romantic things and and all sorts of and i'm a well-rounded individual there's nothing wrong with that at all you're goddamn right so yeah he was he was backing me up on that and then he had some uh uh, choice words for, for Randy which was great.
0: Randy um, the voice of logical fallacy yeah. is what I believe he called
1: him <laughs> I texted Len as soon, as soon as he said that I was like hey <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it was amazing so thank you so much Anthony D also for, for supporting me via Patreon nice uh, yeah he goes to Patreon slash Johnny Destructo and he throws me some money every month which is amazing I also learned because you know I'm new you he helped mm-hmm. walk me through the whole Patreon process I didn't know that you could add tips. So not only does he do the, the one tier, right? but then a tip on top of that, which is mm-hmm. very nice. Because I said, how did you, why is that, that's an uneven number. How did that happen? So, so do we have an email? Do we have a letter? We <laughs> do
0: have letters. Oh, we, we got, got letters. letters. Oh, we got, got lots, lots and lots and lots and lots of letters. letters. This one is from... Christopher St. Saucy Goodnight? You've got that one. I've oh, got one from Maurice Poplar. Oh, hey Maurice! Hey, brothers! I've called us brothers.
1: Oh, I'm an official brother.
0: I did it. Sorry, <laughs> oh Maurice. If you do not know th- that tickle you heard was very genuine <laughs> in JD's voice. His
1: face is mm. so happy right now. Yeah,
0: from from the man who just discovered the difference between P- Rockem <laughs> R- and Pete Rock and CL Smooth.
1: Listen, <laughs> all right, you're right. I'm not even going to defend myself. (laughs)
0: You just go ahead. Go ahead. Read his letter. Hey, brothers. You probably already know, but to set the record straight, it's Roxanne Gay Mm. who wrote World of Wakanda.
1: Roxanne, I had said Rebecca Gay.
0: Yes. For
1: context, yes.
0: He also says that I agree with Steve Tozen. Very sad there aren't more black women writing black women at Marvel. Are there any black women uh, supers at DC? Another of my too many podcasts, Misty Night's Uninformed Afro, is a couple of black women who deep dive on all the sisters in comics and explore how unreal these depictions often are. Hold on a second. Just real quick before before I lose the thread. Is the
1: name of the show Misty Night's Uninformed Afro?
0: Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I got to check that out. All right, go ahead. I know a lot of bros will say women are all the same. But they're not. And it leads to surreal depictions. It took until 2018 for even TV to show a black woman waking up with a hair wrap on, slash, grownish, the spinoff of Blackish. Mm-hmm. That also happened in um, Insecure, which is uh, a, oh. a note that the host uh, took mention of that on the Insecure podcast Security Blanket. You should check that out.
1: Did it not happen on Atlanta? I'm thinking of the girlfriend from Atlanta.
0: I don't remember. Maybe it did. Okay. Good. You know, but with those being that. Still all
1: the same time period.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Sure. This is a nitpick. I mean, why can't everyone have super hair care in a world where people fly and aliens visit on a regular? On the other hand, attending to these details prove a story is, quote unquote, for me far more than the random browning of characters. Mm. I'm not alone in just wanting my humanity to be seen from day to day. Part of that is reading entertainment that doesn't just attend to people who look like me when they're about to die. Thinking specifically about Night Thrasher in Civil War and War Machine in Civil War II. I know I'm preaching to the choir and the response is read and support independence. Just saying though. Mm -hmm. However, changing the subject real quick, you guys remember The Elementals by Bill Willingham? Has anything been done with that IP in the last 25 years?
1: The Elementals?
0: The Elementals.
1: So I'll be honest, I don't know The Elementals. Uh, I had thought that Bill Willingham's first foray into comic books was Fables. Really? Yeah, I thought that... Uh, for some reason, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else, but I thought it was like a big deal because Bill Willingham's a novelist, and they were like, "Oh, it's a novelist coming to comic books." But that may have been like one article I read, and so that's just how I took it.
0: No, the Elementals is definitely from the '80s. They were a big, in de- big on the independent circuit. Mm. I believe they started. You, 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 looking at them up. They started at Comico. Co. I think they moved over a couple of times to a couple of other comic book companies, I believe.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and they were more or less kind of like you know just what they say the elementals they were kind of like superheroes loosely based on the elements of the of the world um but the comic book if i remember was a little a little darker hmm. in its uh in its depiction and of of that world uh i to be honest i wasn't a big i didn't read it yeah. so uh, but i appreciated that it was always there, out there, you know, yeah, doing yeah. doing a damn thing. Nice. So uh I don't I don't know if anything's being done with it. Bill Willingham, I believe, is the owner of the IP, so I'm sure if he wanted to do something with it he could. But Yeah, I wonder. I mean, but he he certainly made his bones on fables, so mm. you know, he ain't he ain't starving, so I ain't mad at him if you don't want to do it. So yeah, there you go. Cool. Uh and as far as whether or not there are any um black writers black women writers at dc well first of all yes there should be maybe black women writers writing black women characters i'm not mad if they're not if they choose to be writing something else yeah um that's fine i no reason why there shouldn't be a black woman writing batman for all mm-hmm. I, for all, <laughs> mm-hmm. for all i care you know maybe we would have gotten a good issue 50 <laughs> I'm sorry. Issue 50 was fine.
1: Was it? It Was, was it, it, though? Okay.
0: Let's go there. Let's, 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 let's be all what? over this, this yeah, place. Yeah, let's get into it. So, Batman Issue 50, which was supposed to be, or purported to be, the culmination of this whole um, courtship of, of uh, Batman and Catwoman. And it's supposed to, you know, end with them being married. Yeah, we've gone through finding the dress, who's going to be the best man, all this other rigmarole since last fall, and now it's supposed to end with them being married. However, spoiler alert: yeah, they did not get married, and they did not get married because Catwoman, at, comes to realize. You know, with the jogging of just a couple of sentences from her longtime friend Holly, that if she is to marry Batman, that will make Batman Bruce Wayne happy, and a happy Bruce Wayne means no more Batman. Yes. And the world needs a Batman. Now, to be fair, if I may, Leonard, that is not Ooh, the
1: only Leonard. way that that happened. Um, it wasn't just at like that happened in um, the Marvel version of the wedding of Batman that never happened, which was the wedding of Kitty Pride and Colossus, which didn't happen two or three weeks ago. Yes. Yeah. So again, we've got two different comic companies putting out two similar stories and then wrapping them up very similarly uh, to the frustration of many fans.
0: Wow! It seems like he, the coincidence. That I that would know. Happen.
1: Weird. <laughs> um, so. What I like about that, though, is that they led into it with issue 48 and 49, which was Catwoman talking to the uh, Joker. Right. And the Joker is the one who starts to plant that seed in that conversation that they have while they're both bleeding out and trying not to die mm. uh, about Batman not being able to be Batman if he's happy. And that you can start to see the wheels turning in that those issues there, which I kind of liked. It wasn't just that. Oh, I talked to this girl, Holly, and she, was, she said one thing, and then all of a sudden I'm abandoning the rooftop, you know what I mean? So uh, if Batman was ever going to get married, I think Catwoman is a fine choice. I also think that Batman would never get married, because then you don't have a Batman, right? You know, uh, we had had this conversation on Spoiler Alert, the other podcast, and Mark was mad at it uh, for different reasons than I was because I said Batman can't get married. And he said, oh, that's what they said about Spider-Man. That's what they said about Clark Kent. But n- I'm not saying that that for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Batman can't get married because of reasons that the character exists. Spider-Man doesn't stop being Spider-Man once he marries Mary Jane. Clark Kent doesn't stop being Superman once he marries his, uh, Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. But Batman stops being Batman the minute he's got a smile on his face, right? The minute that like he's found happiness... He's not going to go out there and be v- avenging his parents. Mm. You know what I mean? And I guess it does depend on the p- depiction of the Batman that you have. So if you have the one from um, back in the day where it was like giant typewriters and and uh, you know gag flowers that he yeah. was, you know what I mean? That that sort of Batman could probably find a home. Uh, and, I've, and he did, didn't he? He he wound up marrying Catwoman. And then they had a daughter the Huntress, right?
0: Yes, um, on Earth 2. Yeah, which is where, which is where they uh,
1: moved that whole storyline. Right. But originally, didn't it happen on our yes. Earth? Yeah, it was like after, it was like a well, crisis. Well, no, it, it
0: never really actually ever happened on our Earth. It no. It only ever actually happened on Earth 2.
1: Okay, all right. Um, so, yeah, it does depend on the Batman, but I think the Batman that we have now. Mm-hmm. Is unable to get married to Catwoman.
0: Okay, I totally disagree with you. I think okay. that's I think that's bullshit. Tell because me Because I think that um, first and foremost, before he's like this av- avenging, you know, vigilante of his fa- of his mother and father par- parents' death and all this. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Above all of that, Batman is someone who is fighting for justice. He is a detective. He wants to see, you know, the the good win, the bad lose. That's what he wants to see first and foremost. Sure. Now, does is he, you know, very uh very uh intense about it at this point? Certainly. But he's at the at the heart of it, that's what he wants to see see done. If he gets married, one, you have to remember, he's not marrying, you know, uh, the mom on Leave It to Beaver. Mm-hmm. He's not marrying Mrs. Cunningham from Happy Days. Right, right. He's marrying Catwoman, mm-hmm. a jewel thief, a very, um, let's say, complicated character in her own right. Yeah. So his happiness is going to be genuine. Mm-hmm. But it's also going to be with an arched eye, look, waiting for her other shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Also, if he maybe isn't, you know, all you know, all big like, rrr, rrr, you know, Dark Knight anymore, but he is still going out there, righting wrongs, teaming up with his just with the Justice League you know even you know sharing a quip or two with the flash then god bless it why can't he do that why if if you can in the span of the last freaking 20 years you can have the batman from the animated series the batman from the justice league who was kind of like that Batman, but a slightly a little different. The Batman from the Batman series, who only grew into be kind kind of like that character. And the Batman from Batman Brave and the Bold, who was totally different from that character, yet was still fighting for justice. And all of them ringing true as Batman. You can have Bat- people celebrating Batman 66 comic books and videos hitting... A- coming out here and loving it and still celebrating that as Batman. You could have Batman running around in Justice League action cartoons where yeah, is he grim and, and dirty on that too? True. But there's still a little bit more of a lightness to him as well. You know? And it still rings true as Batman that you can have that same Batman marry Catwoman and open up a whole nother line of story ideas and potential that can take you for another more than a few years. Yeah. Yes. Will he eventually break up with her? Yes. Of course. Yes. Will he eventually go back to the... Sure. You know it's going to happen. But let's take that walk. Let's take that chance and open up those stories. Now... And having this argument with the voice of logical fallacy, his argument is that he was with it because of, one, he loved the storytelling element that Tom King used in the book, and I'll celebrate that. That's kind of cool. But he's been using that element over and over. Which over, element? The, the whole thing, like, you know, Bruce is telling one side of the story, oh, Catwoman yeah. is telling one side I of the story. I was so bored with that. Because uh, he's done it in, yeah. in a whole ton of those books,
1: you uh, know? And I was I was flipping pages. I was like skimming through. Like, okay. All right, let's get to the actual story. Right. Not, right. oh, her eyes were green and his eyes were blue and I looked into your eyes and people can't see yeah, my eyes. Yeah, because you're waiting for the symmetry and all oh, that type Jesus. of stuff. Jesus. And
0: it's cool, it's cute, it's whatever. But so, but we've seen it all before, and we've seen it from Tom King, and we've seen it in the, in these threats of stories. So it's nothing new to me there. Mm. But Randy's you know reason for also buying into this is because Tom King says, "I've got a hundred issues yeah. of Batman planned out. I'm not done, right. So that's why we're supposed to buy that you, Literally. you were scared to, to pull the trigger on this marriage. Oh, because you've got 50 more issues, 50 more story ideas in your brain. That, let's face it, how many times, true believers, have we heard um, re- writers and creative teams come onto comics and I've got stories for? Days. yeah. And then after two trades, they're like, uh, <laughs> I got to go. Yeah. So he's saying he's got 50 more issues. God bless him. Maybe yeah. he does. But what's the likelihood that we're going to see them?
1: Hmm. I don't know. I mean, he's been, I mean, I'm not going to say that he's just going to drop off and run away. He's been pretty consistent. But that's not a reason
0: no. to, to buy into, into this. I say pull the fucking trigger. Yeah. And the other thing about Batman, you know, and I love myself some Batman, but you should have, they should have done it because then you're finally doing something different. Yeah. As I pointed out to Randy, not, you know, they killed off Batman and then they had Dick Grayson as Batman. Yeah. Right, and everybody loved Dick Grayson as Batman. We all knew Batman was coming back, but we loved Dick Grayson as Batman for sure. Not long, but within what Batman was back within what a within year and a half. Year. Yeah, yeah, about a year. So and within half. a year and a half, he's back. Okay, you knew he's coming back, so he came back a little bit too soon for me. Same. But whatever, Same. he's back. Next thing you know, I think he drove the Batmobile around Gotham twice, and then Commissioner Gordon was Batman. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, will you make up your fucking mind? Do you yeah. what, what do you want to do with this character? Mm-hmm. All you keep doing is putting him in a costume, taking him out of the costume. Mm-hmm. So I
1: guess we're cursing on this episode.
0: Yeah. Yes. I God was doing good. I think. Well, yes. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. think, it, it think was, was me. Gonna... It was this. It was me this time. I, it was, I dropped the first f bomb. But that's what this. Fucking Batman mess will do to you. Yeah. Because it's it's like, yo, it get some balls and let's do something mm-hmm. with him. That's exactly what Mark Miller said on, on
1: our on our other show. Was like, you yes, get some testicles. Yeah. It's just interesting that you both went testicles. Anyway, um I would have read it. I would have read it. I would have been interested in it, but I was not surprised that it didn't happen. Um and I wouldn't mind a series where he was married. Like you had gone through the, the list of all the different iterations of the character. Mm-hmm. I would read a, a series where he was married and they had a daughter and that became, you know, uh, Huntress and all that sort of stuff. I'm interested in that sort of thing. But, yeah, I think in the long run, we're, we're saying the same things. You're, I'm saying he can't be married and be Batman, which is the same conclusion you went to, but you want to read the
0: in-between stories where they try. Oh, no, I disagree. I think he can be married and be Batman, but I'm I'm accepting that they won't let him. Right, because that's how
1: story, comic books, cyclical storytelling works. Exactly. Yes. Um, Then I guess we're probably on the same page. I would read some stories where he was married, kind of just counting down like we did with Dick Grayson to like, Mm -hmm. all right, well, when's Bruce coming back? Right. I wasn't counting down hopefully that he would be coming back. I was like, oh, they're going to pull the trigger soon. I'm enjoying this, but they're going to undo it. So yeah, I would do the same thing with the wedding, which is like, oh, this is fun. I wonder when they're gonna undo this.
0: Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's do it. Oh, come on, let's do something with Batman, do something with the Catwoman character. Coming like how many times can she go back to being like, you know, this, you know, you know, antihero type of thing or yeah. whatever. You know, like, yo, this is like come on, man. This is it's, it's, it's annoying. it's annoying. And it's it's all the more annoying because it's indicative of what has happened with the Batman line. So many in the Batman, so many of the characters in the Batman line, they do not know what to do. They yeah. don't know what to do with Nightwing. God knows they don't know what to do with Tim. The only one they even care about is Damien, and that's because you can stick him in Teen Titans. Yeah. You can't. You you sometimes want to take Nightwing and damn near de-age him so you can throw him around with the Titans again and try and. Um, uh, relive old glory with Tim what are they gonna do? They can't can't bring his pop back. Yeah. They don't know what to do with Tim is and that's a, that's a shame because of all of those characters, he's probably the, the most original Yeah, of the characters. And the most and has the most, you know, um potential, untapped potential for him. Red Hood, they can stick him off, throw him out, and just let him be like a three dollar death stroke or whatever mm-hmm. he's gonna be and he can get away with that but even then they tie him into the joint batwoman god bless has kind of like developed her own type of identity but they still want to pull her back in closer to batman i loved it when she was like batman was hardly there she would every once in a while look at batman said like fuck you get the fuck out of here i ain't got no time for you i got this get the fuck out of here go help one of your boys yeah. i'm good i'm yeah. good son you know what <laughs> i mean hey speaking of robin
1: did he show up in Batman 50 at all? No,
0: no. That's no, no, weird, No, no, no right? that's, uh, that's not true. He shows up, if I remember, at the end. He doesn't say anything. Oh. Um, what a weird thing to like. At the end when um, Bruce is, you know, like, you know, dealing with like having found Selena's letter, um, Robin stands, Damien mm. particularly, stands next to him. And I think, like you know, like like yeah, I'm here for you. Oh, okay. Which is actually a cute little scene.
1: Um. Also, did you think it was a weird decision for Bruce Wayne, the Batman, to be marrying Catwoman on a rooftop? And then his solution is to get a judge really drunk, to protect his secret identity. Yeah, that was a weird choice,
0: especially in 2018. Where, Alfred could have become an officiant. Yeah, over Dude, the internet.
1: I didn't even have to do that. I I have literally married people. I didn't have to take an online course or anything. I was their officiant for their wedding. I could have married them. Yeah, yeah. Send the uh, dick could have done it. Yeah. Al- Alfred would have been perfect. Alfred right. would have been the perfect choice to like get them married. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was real weird. Like, um, oh, it's okay. We got him drunk enough; he won't remember tomorrow. Yeah, what? That,
0: yeah, that would, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And what is that? What is that promoting? Right, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It's so it's Batman a- almost got a guy alcohol poisoning
1: <laughs> to protect his secret identity.
0: Or, or I mean, I'm sure one of these heroes, like some other, yeah, Superman, like yeah,
1: uh, not even Superman. Aquaman is a king. That's true. So he can marry anybody. That's true. (laughs) He
0: can marry anybody. And I'll
1: pronounce you married. You're welcome. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, man. He'd be up there in a fish tank. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, uh, I don't think anybody was happy with that. except for Randy. Well, of course, Randy. I don't think anybody was happy with Batman 50. Look,
0: look, I'm sorry. And he's going to hate me because I know he's going to listen to this. Yeah. And he knows I love him dearly. But Randy, your opinions mean squadu. <laughs> because if we just go on everything that you say is the greatest thing ever, mm-hmm. then everything in the world is the greatest thing ever. So I'm sorry. Although I wasn't sure how he was gonna go with this because there's no S shield
1: involved. Normally if there's an S involved, it's the it's the best.
0: Well, whoa, whoa, of course. It's the greatest thing ever until something with a shield shows up.
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what you, the people, want, uh, have thought about the Batman marriage. Um, you can email
0: us at blacktribbles at gmail.com
1: or go at gmail.com. We had did, speaking of which, that was one email. <laughs> we have another email. This is from uh, the aforementioned Chris Tafel. St. saucy. Yeah, St. Saucy, goodnight. So, okay, as I don't know if you were listening. No, I guess not. But if you heard the, the spoiler alert, uh, we had determined that he listens and types while he's listening. Yes,
0: I've, I've peeped
1: that. Yeah. So he'll basically just take notes and then send me his notes mm-hmm. post-show. So it's Amber Benson, not Amber Tamblin. And they stretched the beginnings of Tara's and Willow's relationship throughout the course of the latter two-thirds of that season. I do agree that her suddenly identifying lesbian instead of bi was a bit weird considering her crushes on Oz, Xander, and Giles. Uh, so, of course, we're talking about how Willow just um, was automatically gay. Right. And there was like not really that much of a progression right. towards said sexuality. Uh, realization uh he then goes on more like steve tozen the six million word tribble. am i right (laughs) (laughs) i definitely think that it matters who writes diversity focused books slash movies and whatnot for instance i am not comfortable telling the story of a woman coming out and beginning to date other women despite having a story i want to tell i just don't have the experience necessary to tell that story I still haven't decided if I'm going to subscribe to the DC app for the Titans series. I hated Teen Titans Go, but my nephew loves it. Y'all ended the show so quick last time, you didn't give us any homework. So here is mine for you. Is there any book you wish you had been into from the start? I joined the Chew bandwagon 11 or so issues in, and as such, I'm missing the first 10 issues in my collection. Because of this, I am overhyped on Gilroy's upcoming book, Farmhand, which just hit shelves today. I've been following him on Twitter and I've known about the book for what seems like ages. Have you ever been so excited for a new series to come? It's Chris St. Saucy. Good night. So that was a good email. Yeah, I was able to follow this one. The, the one for, spoiler alert, I was like, what is, I don't. What are you talking about? So let's see. The homework. Uh, Anything that you wish you were on from the beginning? Sure. Amazing (laughs) Spider-Man. I wish I had still had my copy of uh, Amazing Fantasy number 15. Uh, I bet you do. Uh, God, I wish I had all of those. Um, Preacher. I had come in Preacher a little late. Oh, really? Yeah. I was at a Barnes & Noble in um, Montgomeryville, Pennsylvania, and I was there waiting for something and uh, I was waiting for my mom to pick me up, I think, and I was in the cafe, and they had a little graphic novel section at the time, and I saw, I was like flipping through, and I saw this Preacher Volume 2, and it said, it was a quote by Kevin Smith, and at the time, that meant something to me. It said, better than going to the movies. Mm. And I said, oh, Kevin Smith likes it. Let me see what this is about. So I opened it, and I sat, and I read it, and then I took it home with me. Um, Probably should have paid for it. (laughs) Um, You think? Uh, I was not the best kid. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, I wish I had gotten Preacher from, from issue one. That's just one I wish I had gotten on, just just because I loved it so much. Right. I wound up loving it so much that I wish I could have loved it even longer.
0: Yeah. Um, But, um, yeah, do you have one that you wish you were? I can't. It's because all of the comics I'm thinking of, I kind of, like, um, found, like, no oh, okay Walking Dead ah. uh, is one that I was I remember distinctly I, wa- I went into a, a comic book shop this is before the Hero Complex before Amalgam actually yeah. um, so I was at Fat Jack's Comics Store which is yeah. probably the granddaddy of a comic book store here here in Philly Fat
1: Jack's Comic Crypt Crypt yes
0: yeah. um, and I was buying comics and uh, I was slowly making my, my making my way over to just buying trades and I asked um, Dan, who was working behind the counter then, uh, for something to read. You know, like suggest a good good comic for me uh, to read. And um, it wasn't. I asked Dan, but Dan, but Dan actually didn't answer. It was actually somebody else's, just like from the back of the store. The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. I was like. The Walking Dead and Dan was like, "Oh yes, The Walking Dead. The first trade just came out. Here you go." That's exactly how Dan talked. Poor Dan. <laughs> Dan was cool this out. He no longer lives in the state. Um, and I I flipped through it and I was like, ah, "Okay," mm-hmm. and I was hooked. Yeah, I was hooked, and it was actually reading that book that made me one. I was hooked on a book, but then made me say, "Okay, I'm now only going to buy the trades." Because I think it was actually because the first trade was up to like the first six issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was already up to like about issue like 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, man, well, another trade will be coming out soon.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm only going to buy trades. You son of a bitch. And I've never, I haven't bought anything but trades since. Damn it, Dan. What have you done?
1: <laughs> um, that was a great series when it started. It was. I also, I remember really loving it. Through the first 100 issues, I think, I really, really appreciated that, that comic book. Um, I have not kept
0: up on it. No? Well, I, I'm, I haven't kept up, and I actually have given up. Cause mm-hmm. I just realized I know a that lot I, of people have. You know, I've just realized that I'm not going to catch up, so it's like, you know, it's whatever. Um, trying
1: to think if there's another one. Invincible. I wish oh, I'd. you were from it, from no, the beginning. No. Yeah, I got that from the beginning. Which is a that's a great book, man. I, I haven't finished it yet. I've read. Do you remember? I don't know what time period it was, number wise, but I left off with a story called Reboot? Question mark. Where mm. he winds up traveling back in his body to the time right before he was developing his powers, and then had to live through the whole beginning of the comic book series again? Oh, I haven't read that one With yet. With full knowledge? I haven't read that one yeah, yet. Yeah, man. I haven't finished that story off, but I was like, this is amazing.
0: I have, I now have all of the trades, so I just have to sit down. And, like, plow. and plow. Well, yeah. actually, it's one of those things that, like, I'm going on a cruise in December. Oh. And that's one of the um, the, books that I'm going to take to, like, be reading on the...
1: Oh, that's you know, awesome.
0: On the boat. the boat.
1: I'm a little jealous. I want to go on a cruise. That's awesome. Thank you. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Those are mine. Yeah. I don't yeah. really have anything else. I kind of like you know grabbed it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know. There were you know there these ruminations every time someone says like oh would you do if you had a time machine? Sometimes I'm like I go back and get all those original, some of those old comic books oh, like man. Action Number One and uh, Amazing Fantasy 15, first you know what was the first detective. Mm-hmm. No, I guess I guess the first detective wasn't a Batman story, was it? No, it was what detective was the first Twenty Seven? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I would abuse the shit out of a time machine, man. I shouldn't. I. It's
0: a good thing I don't have one. Did you hear that? Uh, you know, uh, the comic book museum Jeppies, is moving out of Baltimore. It it, it was in the Baltimore. I guess that's Camden Yards, I think.
1: I have never heard of any of the things you're
0: saying. You'd never heard of Jeffy's comic book museum? I didn't know there was a comic book museum. I didn't know there was a place called Jeffy's. Yeah, Jeffy's well, he was a, a, a renowned comic book collector on oh. like a comic book store.
1: What does he have back in there?
0: Uh, he has everything. Is it like
1: old like actual old original yes, issues and stuff? Yes. It's not like I, well, I went stuff?
0: Th- I went there and in one like, beautiful display and almost in a room unto itself. That is how epic this is. There is Action Comics number one, the actual book, mm-hmm. Detective Comics 27, mm-hmm. Amazing Fantasy 15. I can't remember the, name, the, the number of the issue, but there's uh, a, an issue, like the first Namor
1: ah, comic book. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The first Uncle Scrooge comic book. Yeah. And the first uh, Wonder Woman sensation. Oh no. All in the, like this just beautiful lit display. And they're moving from Baltimore to where? I don't know, they, they, they actually are closing the museum. Ah! Uh. Yeah, and the museum's been there, it, it, the museum's been there for like a, more than a few years. And they're closing the museum, I'm not exactly sure where they're moving. Um, but we are—we actually, uh, triples are actually going down to Baltimore to for to do some filming, ah. and I'm hoping that it's still open there because some a lot of the crew they've never been. Yeah, like I've been there like twice, but they've never been, so I want to be able to at least take wanna, them there. I want to see that. It is re- it is really epic, man.
1: You know, I don't subscribe to that sort of I don't feel like I subscribe to that sort of nostalgia Mm -hmm. right when people are like oh I've got oh i got all these old comics you know because I'm a comic retailer so i got a lot of people coming in and telling me all the things that they have and I'm like oh cool cool and I just I don't care um But I feel like if I was there, I was getting a little giddy when you were telling me about all those things. And I'm like, I would love to flip through a super old issue like that, like with the gloves on and just like kind of. Well, I don't think you can. Well, it's you. No, no, I know you probably can't touch it. Yeah, You can't touch it. But I was, you know, I was watching uh, a documentary about Bill Watterson and all of his, not all of them, but like a lot of his original Calvin and Hobbes drawings are stashed away and in order to see them, you know, the documentarian had, like, the white mm-hmm. gloves
0: on and had to be real careful, stuff like that. Yeah, then not he, like, donate them to some library yeah, or yeah, where yeah, he lives? Right, yeah. right, right. So right. I
1: would love to be able to check that out. And you know what I was just thinking while you were talking? Stuff like the first Wonder Woman, uh, the first Batman, mm-hmm. I imagine there were ads in those periodicals. And I would, I'm a sucker. I would love to be able to see a reprint of those with everything in it. You know yeah, what I mean? me too. Yeah, because uh, sometimes I'll find something on YouTube, and they'll have recorded it off of the television and then transport it, you know, transported mm-hmm. it digitally, and you'll be able to watch some of the old commercials or even some of the old lead-ins, like yeah. intros to the Saturday Night Movie on whatever the local channel is, right. or, or like the HBO uh, lead-in and all mm-hmm. that other stuff. I get, I get tickled by that. If
0: you're a- ever able to find some of the uh, old, um, back in the 70s when, I don't know if Marvel did it, but DC did treasury editions, like the large size ones. Yeah, yeah. They did uh, them for Action Comics 1, Sensation Comics, the one with Wonder oh, Woman. Oh, that's awesome. Detective, and um, the first Captain Marvel, Shazam. Ah, nice. And... Those editions came, were like basically reprints of the comics with ads.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a sucker for that. It's a little time capsule. Exactly. Yeah. The museum's been closed already, and uh, the collection's being
0: donated to the Library of Congress.
1: And That's was, awesome. It's supposed to go on exhibit this summer sometime. Oh. So. Uh, at the
0: Smithsonian, probably? No. Uh, oh, at the Library of Congress?
1: Library of Congress in the Thomas Jefferson Building.
0: Okay, I'd be into a road trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's, but that's the DC. It's oh. not the museum. The yeah, museum was it's not epic because the, the museum yeah. had like a lo- like a large statue of Batman, Aww. and it had like this, um, this huge, this huge. I mean, like the size of your the wall here, mm-hmm. blow up of um of a of a uh a, a superman serial you know like like you know one of those you know the superman movies from Yeah the yeah 40s. the old but old it was timey. like a poster oh and, but it was like it was it, it honestly it was probably larger than this cuz i think it was like floor to ceiling wow. in that joint and it was like the and it was just a blow up of it i mean it was like freaking epic and awesome. then one room was all of the um just in case you didn't believe how big Superman was, one room was all of the ancillary Superman like things and toys and stuff yeah, like yeah. that from when the Superman TV show came out.
1: Oh, the black and white one with George Reeve.
0: Yes, was that was that it was that big? It was that big? Dude, this room was filled with Superman stuff. All from that period. Because that was like cute. the fifties. So it was like it was like Superman soap. It was Superman brushes. It was like like there was one whole wall that was just like, you know, Superman like uh not necessarily action figures, but like Superman, like you could get like a Superman like uh like paperweight, and it would be him on top of a building, or you'd get like a Superman um like squishy doll yeah, or yeah. stuff like that, or plush doll. It was insane. Insane, That's man. awesome. You you I mean, like it was it was incredible. And this was all in this one museum that at the end when you finished had, true to its form, a comic book store. That's awesome.
1: As you were talking about this stuff, I'm lamenting how the national zeitgeist for pop culture is so rarely like that. It's so Mm. rarely Superman. It's so rarely something that is uplifting and positive and optimistic. You know what I mean? Mm. I feel like more often than not, it's things like, or, you know, these days, it's more often like The Walking Dead, which has horrible, horrible things in it. Or it's like the big video game is, you know, was, um... It's it's usually a battle game, right? It's always like a war game. Or the like Last of Us. Or, um, yeah, a zombie game. Or what was the one? Uh, Grand Theft Auto, which is literally about trying to be as illegal as you can. Okay. Stuff like that. Um, and I remember being tickled. I used to work at Barnes & Noble, and I was very, very tickled. We were There was a release, a midnight release for one of the Harry Potter books. And it was my first real foray into it, uh, being part of that whole thing and i was so pleased there was there was i was kind of emotional that people were in line at midnight mm-hmm. and they were so excited to read a book mm-hmm. that they were sitting underneath the tables at the Barnes and Noble uh, they had bought their book and they were just camping under a table and they started reading that's how excited they were about reading a book and i was flabbergasted wow and, ha- and moved i was literally i was i was emotionally moved by the fact that oh, my God, there's, like, people, children and adults, and they're both excited for this sort of kind of wholesome experience, um, and it's a novel. So, I don't know. It's just something about hearing about how big Superman used to be with George Reeve and the TV show and mm-hmm. the black and white. I, I guess it hit me in, a, like, a nostalgia feel sort of thing where so so rarely is it something that is maybe
0: good for people i'm trying to think of the last thing that i think that maybe and i don't think things will ever be quite as popular anymore but like the simpsons is not you know nihilistic in any way so that's kind of like you know
1: um my mom didn't like that i was watching it really at the time yeah, it was sort of. She hated it. It would come on, and she would like leave the room. But I was wow. like, "I'm watching it because I love this." And she thought it was just like, you know, crass and bad. See, and See, but like The that. Simpsons
0: was not crass at all, mm. not at all, not at all. Well, for the maybe for the time, maybe. I don't think I don't think they were crass for the time. I, no? I think I think when people got caught up with The Simpsons is that the Bart character eat my shorts. Yeah, that whole thing blew up so much that and the you dad's know, an alcoholic. Well, and the kids like you the, know, the, the dads an alcoholic. The, the, the dad was a big drinker, okay, um, and probably an alcoholic. But what you can say is that he was an alcoholic who still brought his money home every week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we know plenty of alcoholics that that's not what they're that's doing. That's true. That's true. You know, there was a, he was an alcoholic who still came home and despite yelling at his kids, loved his kids.
1: thing that happened this week that uh confused and confounded me and i was doing my my order this week that comes in so they come in every tuesday night and uh i get to alphabetize everything make sure everything goes to my subscribers and then make sure that the shelf is ready for wednesday morning for the giant rush of all the people who are just bashing in the doors of the hero complex to get their comic books on a wednesday (coughs) uh and I saw some comic books that I had never seen before. And I'm, we all know this about me, I do not have the best memory. <laughs> no, you so do not. So sometimes things come into my shop and I go, oh, that was weird. I ordered that? Cool. All right. And uh, then I move on with my day. And uh, this one was called Die! exclamation point Die! Exclamation point. Die! Exclamation point. Number one, Die, 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 by Robert Kirkman and Chris Burnham with Scott Gimple and Nathan Fairbairn. Fearburn, Fearburn, from Skybound, from Image, and I said, "How oh, weird! I do not remember ordering this Robert Kirkman book." Yes. I wonder what it's about and why. I guess I just ordered it because it's Robert Kirkman, because I've never heard of it and I don't know what it's about. So on the on the name alone, I must have ordered this. Of course. And I say the nay. I did not order it. No. I did not. Spoiler alert! I did not order it. <laughs> Turns out, as I'm sure you know by now, listeners, that um, Robert Kirkman. Just released a comic book, a number one, a new series that he had heretofore not mentioned. And he was just sending it out to retailers free, I believe. I'm assuming it was free. I hope it was free. And uh, so he, what they did is they looked at what my orders for Oblivion Song are for like maybe number four, which is the most recent
0: Oblivion Song. And Oblivion Song being another Robert, Robert Kirkman, Kirkman joint. Book. Yeah. Right.
1: And they said, okay, well, he orders this many of Oblivion Song, and uh, we're just going to send him that many Die, Die, Dies. Wow. Real cool, I thought. That is very cool. Really it's... cool. And so we I got an email from Diamond, my distributor. And, uh, in a and sho- your
0: distributor, too.
1: And every, Literally everyone's distributor. In a shocking move, Image Skybound Entertainment dropped the first issue of the all-new series by Comics Titans, Robert Kirkman, Scott Gimple... And oh, I see. Scott Gimple was the writer producer for the Walking Dead TV adaptation. Yes. Well, die, die, die. So die, die, die showed up, and I was very excited. I am tickled by it. I think it's a great idea. I think it's really cool. It's uh, marketing, as it's we smart, like smart marketing, smart marketing. <laughs> um, yeah, because the email, they had emailed me, Image did, and um, uh, I wanted to read a little thing here that he had written. That's right. In stores today, as in right now. We want to make going to a comic book store exciting again, a place for discovery. The internet has drained all surprise and anticipation from comics. Mm -hmm. Everyone hears about exciting new projects and then has to wait months or years for it to be in their hands. And half the time, at the end of that build-up, the stories get spoiled in some lame attempt at getting wider media attention, kirkman dissed. So, Mm -hmm. surprise! Here's a new monthly series. How cool is that? This is literally the only way I can be like Beyonce. So I don't know if you noticed here, Leonard, but he took a bit of a dig at some some goings-on recently where, the was it Batman number 50, was spoiled by the New York Times.
0: So, oh, really? Was it? I didn't know that.
1: Yes. Uh, the fact that it does not go through was a New York Times article. Ooh. And there it, it were spoilers all over the internet that... I want to say two days before the book came out, other retailers, not myself, were having trouble with people calling and canceling their pre-orders.
0: Oh wow!
1: So fuck you. Uh, wow. I thought that was pretty lame. Yeah, that was. And yeah, so he, you know, the thing that he was saying here about, ah, oh, sometimes stuff gets spoiled because people want media attention. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what DC did. So I think that this is great. Also, on top of the fact that these just showed up willy-nilly. Uh, if you look at the covers, the cover of the book is two people covered in blood, brandishing weapons of all sorts. And then at the bottom here, it looks like, I don't know, there's a, don't know, a, an alcoholic woman. She's Co- a senator. The senator. Um, but each cover has different word bubbles for the two, two characters there. So they said it would be an easy one. And then he goes, no, they said messy. And then she goes, who's next? And he goes, there's no one left. And then another one, she goes, think we got him? Yep. So well, each cover is a different cover. That's huh. dope. Yeah. And then I don't remember what it was. I think Noel, uh, a customer of mine, already bought his this morning. But there's only one where the senator is saying something at the bottom. So I thought that was pretty neat. That is neat. Wow. Yeah.
0: Awesome. And that is, and and he's 100% right. This is the only way that you can get something out there and actually have that awe of discovery. Mm-hmm. I, I've talked about it before on on the show where I distinctly remember being a kid. And of course this was long ago. So it was pre-internet, but it was pre even big wizard and all that type of stuff. And I walked into the comic book shop and I think it was pre-wizard anyway. um, And lo and behold, standing standing in front of me was this cover (laughs) with a lightning strike Ah. and somebody jumping across it. And as I looked at that shape, I'm like, That looks like it may be like two ears and a bat cape, but I'm not quite sure. And but it was a thicker comic, so I was like, Yeah, but that's not like a Batman comic, and this is is like five dollars. Batman, not five dollars. Oh, Batman, not five (laughs) dollars. So then I flipped through it, and it was Batman. It was the Dark Knight Returns number one, and I I had to buy it. I went in there with $5, figuring that I was going to be walking out with no less than at least five comic books for for like a dollar a piece. And I walked out of there with just one big Dark Knight Returns number one. And I was very happy. And I did not Mm -hmm. know it was going to be there. And it surprised me.
1: So that's the nice thing about um, being a customer. And... Um, going to a shop and seeing things that weren't there before. As a retailer, let me say that it is a little stressful. Um, <laughs> like I can imagine being back then, uh, if no one was paying attention to pre-orders and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you just had to guess.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Like, and I don't, I don't remember how far back subscriptions were a thing at mm-hmm. a retailer, at a comic shop. Mm-hmm. But thank God for my subscriptions, man, and my subscribers, because they. Help me to know what to order. Otherwise, I'd be just be fucking shitting in the dark, man. Yeah. Hoping there's a toilet underneath. So, well,
0: subscriptions have been a thing for a minute. I think it's only when comic book shops became, you know, uh, like more prevalent, mm-hmm. you know, and and Fat Jacks, as far as here in Philly, wasn't like the only shop in town. That that's when. Subscriptions really took hold, mm. and people were like, Really, you know, I like, yo, hold my comics for me, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, and mm. it, it, it truly is like, I have to be honest, I myself, as long as I've been reading comics, I've never had a subscription mm. at any place because I, even when I was collecting regular comic books, I was. Pretty good about getting into my comic book shop every week, yeah. you know. One because I just look forward to the community of it. Yeah, all. yeah. Um, I just like being in them. Yeah, when I was a kid. and I think I think that's what is the reason why you know, unfortunately, some comic book shops have like you know their subscription subscribers, like their their pull lists are like pile up is because the comic book shop used to be the only community place for that type of communal experience over this over you you know what you loved your comic books and stuff and then talk about your pop culture but now with social media you can bug out all day on there Mm -hmm. and then you're like oh yeah i haven't been to my comic book shop in since january
1: yeah Mm -hmm. and then you get
0: a you get a text from jd that says
1: hey uh i have a bunch of books here for you Think you might be by soon, question mark?
0: Yeah, yeah with, a, with a picture of J.D. standing next to a pile of comics. When you gonna come get your hit? Yeah, come <laughs> get your hit! So, yeah,
1: anyway, I think that's uh, really cool that they did that. Uh, hopefully the book is good. I haven't read it yet.
0: I'm a Chris Burnham fan, so I like his art. Um, yeah. um, Robert Kirkman very rarely steers me wrong on the mm-hmm. books of his that I have read. Yeah. I'm not a big horror guy, so I don't follow a lot of those. But yeah. I've heard those are good, too, so...
1: Oh, thank you so much for joining us.
0: <laughs> is, that, is that your way? Jiggles
1: needs to get put down for a nap. <laughs> is,
0: that, is, that, is that what happens? Are I get you put a, down?
1: Yeah, I get a, I get a, I bring the cot out into the middle of the store, and I shut down all the lights, and
0: I mm-hmm. take a siesta. Hey, but uh, Christopher St. Saucy said we didn't give any homework, and I have some homework for the for oh, the people. Snap. A question. A customer came in asking us about... The viability, well, asking JD, I should say, the viability of having kids come into the comic book shop to trade comic books. Yeah. Like a comic with, swap. Like, yeah, a comic swap, which I used to do when I was a kid, especially when in where I lived, I was a big DC guy. And the guy down my, uh, lived down the street from me named Fred, who we call Boo Boo, mm-hmm. he was a Marvel guy. He's the guy that introduced me into Marvel Comics. Ah. So, I would trade comic books with him. So he put, uh, put forth the idea of having like a comic swap done here in the store and having kids, you know, I, I guess presumably kids, but yeah, I'm knows? sure it would be kids of all ages, yes. <laughs> to come in and uh, swap comic books. And I wonder whether or not they think that that would be a good idea.
1: Yeah. Let us know. Is that something that you would participate in, a comic yeah. swap? Just yeah. trade your stuff?
0: This might be a reason for Christopher St. Saucy Goodnight to make a road trip. Yeah. He can come and swap comics with Brandon. <laughs> um,
1: all right. Thank you so much for joining us. You can email us at blacktribbles at
0: gmail.com. Or coltpopgo at gmail.com. Thank you, Kira.
1: Thank you, Kira. Thanks for
0: having me again. All right. And we will talk at you later.
1: Ta-ta-ta!